Jeremiah chapter 29. If you went anywhere else, you are so in the flesh. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 29. And let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much today. We honor you. We bless you. Thank you for your presence, your goodness toward us. We ask you now for the word, for the hour, and the message for this time. May each person receive exactly what they need to get today to help them fulfill the plan of God for their lives. We thank you for this all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, we've been speaking to you the last couple weeks about your future. All right, your future. If you're here, if your heart's beating, if you're drawing breath today, then I want you to know there is a future that God has planned for you. And it's it's not been thwarted because of decisions you've made in the past. You're still here. I mean, if you were dead, then you'd be dead but uh you know you 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 wouldn't be able to serve the lord on the earth anymore but you're not and so let's just forget about the past what do you say what do you say we put it behind us and if it's good well you know you can build on things and even increase from where you're at and if it's bad just forget it all and let's move on from him from here because no matter where you were here you are and uh, we're here together we might as well move forward and do it with the Lord's help and do it with the Lord's provision and the Lord's providence in our lives Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 says for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope The NIV says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And so we're talking about your future because we see very clearly from the Word of God that God has your future in mind. He's been thinking about you. In fact, before you and I ever showed up on planet Earth, He had something in mind for us. And we're here to discover that so we can walk it out and we can live in the fullness of what He has planned for us. Also, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11 once again today. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Since I know that the Lord is for me and not against me, that His plan for me is, is, is prosperity and goodness, and He's not trying to just knock me down and drag me through life and so I'll be more holy somehow. Uh, no, uh, the Lord is for me and not against me. He's for you and not against you. Because of that fact, it makes all the sense in the world to seek His plan for my life. Okay. Now, if I wasn't sure, I thought, if I thought, you know, maybe the Lord just really doesn't like me too much and uh, wants to knock me around, I probably wouldn't be looking for His plan. But when you know the character and nature of God, that He is a good God. He is our good shepherd. He is a good Lord that only wants to bring good things in you and through you. Uh, then it just, again, it makes all the sense in the world to seek out His plan and find out what thus saith the Lord to me. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to, what do you want me to say? Because it's all going to result in, in, in good things in my life and good things in other people's lives as well. Hebrews 11.3 was another one of our scriptures that we've been uh, basing much of this teaching on. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. 
And so, like we said before, this is not speaking of the creation of the, of the heavens and the earth, but rather speaking of how God at various times throughout history, and Hebrews 11 is an example of different people whom he did this with, he spoke to someone, gave them a word, and that word from God changed the age in which they lived. Okay, the worlds are not really planets, but ages or time frames that people lived in. And when they got a word from God, it completely altered and reshaped their lives. And it changed the direction of, and the course of human history. And likewise, how does God change your life? How does He reshape and reform and refashion your life to be exactly what He intended from you? He speaks a word. And when you and I can hear the spoken word of God, it will completely alter and reshape our lives to fit exactly what God intended for it to look like, okay? And there's nothing better than that. There's nothing greater than that. I mean, you're not going to out-plan the Lord. Well, I've got a better plan, I think. No, you don't, because His plan fits what He's given you. It fits your personality. It fits your giftings. And when you and I will learn to walk in exactly what He designed us to walk in, that's when we're happy campers, man. And, and people who live with you are happy campers. <laughs> Listen, because you're, if you're walking in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, you're probably not very fun to be around. Because half the time you're a little bit grieved, you're a little bit frustrated, you just kind of... You're just not a really nice person to be around. But when you get in the right slot, everything's going to change. Oh, you'll find everything be so much easier. It's, it's almost like you're made to do that. That's the point. We were made to do something. And so the potential of our lives is not found in natural endeavors. The scripture here again said, when the word came, so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. The potential that God has for your life does not stem from what you can see. The origin of that is not in physical effort. It's not all about what we can make of ourselves. You will only, uh, what you can be will only be realized through the direct influence of God's spoken word. There is nothing greater that can make you more. In other words, let me say it this way. We put a lot of effort, and, and don't get me wrong, this has its place. We put a lot of emphasis on personal effort, self-discipline, doing the right thing, uh, educating your mind, training yourself in, in your mind, all right? And, 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 and that has its place. But no one has pulled themselves up and no one has trained themselves to the extent where they fulfilled their highest purpose. No one can ever reach the full potential of their life except they hear the spoken word of God and it reshapes, realters, and transforms their life. And thank God for people who are willing to give themselves to something and, and dedicate themselves to uh, working at particular endeavors. But again, we're to be more spiritually minded than this. 
and understand that there is no, you're not going to reach your potential outside of a word from God. And say, so I understand, this, this, sounds, this could sound new and different to some. You mean I've got to hear from God? You, you do. I'm saying, for the most part, we wouldn't be here today if we hadn't heard from God. Because a spoken word from God revealed to our hearts, we realize, man, I'm lost. I am toast within and of myself. I need to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And He transformed our future. Transformed the ages to come will be in His glory. But it only came by a word of God. I couldn't do that myself. But even after the fact now, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm walking with the Lord. But a word from God will alter and change my life to make me look sweet. Make me look exactly like the Lord wants me to look. Amen. And so, uh, don't eliminate the most important ingredient of success from your life. What is that? It's the way that God alters and changes things. It's with a word. It's with a word. Say, well, the Lord's really been spanking me around. I've had a lot of troubles and uh, he's really been, uh, you know, putting me through the ringer. Well, no, he hasn't. That's not the way he fixes you. Are you listening? The way that the Lord fixes us is not by blowing up your car. Or taking a loved one from you. Or putting you in the hospital. That's, not how, that's, not the, that's just not the Lord's way of doing things. I could develop that out further, but understand that this principle right here is throughout the, 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 the New Testament. God changes us with a word. A revealed word to us, when we believe it and act upon it, it will reshape. And it has the power to transform and to make your life exactly what He intends. And your future gets bright. I realize some people didn't ever listen to the Lord until they were in the hospital. Or until they had a tragedy of some kind, a dramatic event in their life. They never listened until that point. But that doesn't mean that that was the Lord's way of doing it. No, that wasn't the Lord's way. That was your way. And the devil's way. Okay? But the Lord speaks a word. The same way He did it all through the Bible. And in Hebrews 11, what gives us an example of this? Abraham got a word. And Noah got a word. And David got a word. And all these people had something that the Lord said to them, and they, by faith, acted upon it, and God intervened. And God brought tremendous miracles and results into their lives. Same thing, same way He does it today. It's no different. So I really need God to move in my life. What do you need? You need a word. The word of God will refashion and change your circumstances and situations in your life. And so let's not, again, not eliminate the most important ingredient of success from our lives. He framed the ages in the past with the word. He'll do it today. But if I'm ever going to live this life and be able to pay attention and hear what the Lord is saying to me, I've got to live a spiritual life. I could say it this way. Go to Romans 8 while we're here. I, I need to be spiritually minded. I cannot just be so full of natural endeavors, natural things, or as Romans says it, carnal things. Everybody know what carnal is? Carnal is flesh, fleshy. Like chili con carne. It's got meat in it, right? 
We're talking about flesh. As believers, we are called to live in the spirits and to be spiritually minded, not fleshly minded. Look at uh, verse 6, Romans 8, 6. says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many understand that a person's life, whether it's full of life and full of peace or full of death, is entirely up to them? I'm talking about to the believer now. Because he said, it's all about what's going on in your brain. What are you thinking about? What are you giving your time to? And listen, we cannot live a spiritual life. Not talking about being saved now. Understand? You cannot live a spiritual life with being fully mindful at all times of natural things. Many people, they'll tell you, they'll give you all the stats from the Super Bowl. And there's nothing wrong with the stats from the Super Bowl. But they can quote it down to the T. They'll give you, they'll tell you where every stock market, every big company is trading on the exchange, what their price is today. They'll tell you, uh, you know, all the latest headlines, every news story that's happening. I mean, they're just walking information. And wh- why? Well, it's because they pay attention to that stuff all the time. Is it evil in and of itself? It's not. Nothing wrong with knowing some of that. But if I want to know what thus saith the Lord to me, if, I, if, the, if the Lord is speaking and I'm going to pick it up, I'm going to be sensitive to what He's saying, I've got to tune into His frequency. That means I have got to allow my mind to be stayed on spiritual things. Okay, I cannot give all my time, and people are going to give their time to natural things. they got work and natural things they've got to deal with. But you can and must put your mind on spiritual things if you're ever going to be able to hear the voice of God. And if I can't get a word from God, I can't reshape my life. And I can't get a word from God if I'm only and at all times thinking about natural stuff. Amen. And it's not good enough just to think about the Lord when you come into church. And for the person who never thinks about spiritual things, they're not spiritually minded, when they do come to church, it probably takes them half the service before they're thinking about spiritual things. Because they've got so many things going through their mind. And they've got this radio dial that's tuned into every one of them, if that's possible. And, you know, and we're praising the Lord. And they're they're on a different channel. You know, I heard someone say one time, if you had a video screen on your forehead, everyone came into church that way. We could all see what everyone was thinking. Would that be good or bad? (laughs) But oftentimes people get distracted and and the reason, part of the reason that is, you know, sometimes there's just distractions. We could all be distracted if we don't really watch it. But sometimes it's because we lack so much mental discipline. We're so used to letting every thought that comes into our brain just carry us away. Hmm. And we just kind of go off on those little trails and we find ourselves thinking about all kinds of stuff. And you do it when you read the Bible. You're thinking about something else. <laughs> 
and you live, come and sing the songs and start to worship the Lord, and before you know, you're at Walmart, you know? <laughs> and you, and you, you forget, oh, my hands are still up. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. We've got so many things going on because we're so used to just, ah, just letting our minds go and just thinking about whatever. And, and do you know that you can control what your, what your thoughts are? Yes. Now, you can't necessarily stop any thought from coming to you. That's one of the things the enemy can do. He can bring thoughts, temptations, show you a picture or something. You know what I'm talking about in your mind. And you see things, you've got these thoughts and ideas. But whether you dwell on that, that's a whole other subject. You know, just like you, we say sometimes, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you certainly can keep that bird from building a nest in your hair, right? And, and, and likewise, you can't necessarily keep a thought from popping into your brain, but you can keep from dwelling on that thought and remaining in that place for a long period of time. And we need to be more disciplined in our mind. And part of that, I'll tell you what, so how do I do that? I just need to buck, you know, suck it up and just be disciplined. Give yourself more time where you purposely think about spiritual things. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Death is going to work in your life. Because natural carnal things do not produce life in your life. It's what we're about, right? Life, bringing life to life. Want a big key? Want to flow with the vision of the house? You've got to control your thoughts. You've got to give your, give your time to spiritual things. You want to hear a word from the Lord where God is speaking to you and giving you something that will alter and reshape and refashion your life? You've got to be thinking about spiritual things. Okay? It's not just going to all just, you know, drop on us when we're giving our attention to it. Look at the fifth verse. Probably already read it, didn't you? 8.5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And so, who here is living in the Spirit, and who's living according to the flesh? It's an easy answer. It's whoever's thinking about spiritual things. You'll be more sensitive. You'll gravitate towards spiritual realities. Whereas the person who is always putting their minds on the things of the flesh, they will gravitate towards other stuff. Can I just take this a little bit further? Sometimes you get in a conversation with someone, and if you may talk about you may talk about golf, and they've got a ton to say. Uh, you may talk about uh, NBA scores; they've got a ton to say, a lot of input. You may talk about you know work, whatever you do, and they got a lot to say. And then you bring up the Lord, or you bring up Scripture, and they go silent. Why? They don't have anything to say. Not that they're purposely saying, oh, no, I don't want to talk about, mm, I don't want to talk about the Bible. They're, you can just tell they don't ever give their mind to those things, except for maybe when they come in church. But they don't live a spiritual life. Therefore, they're not sensitive to spiritual realities. And when you start talking about the Lord, it's like they check out. Not purposely, not out of a bad heart. There's just nothing there. They haven't been mindful of spiritual things, and so they're not sensitive to that. I don't know about you. I like to recognize when God is moving. I like to recognize when He's speaking. And, and, and I'm not perfect at this by any means. I mean, I'm not always the sharpest tack. But uh, I have recognized at times I'm speaking to someone, not even necessarily talking about the same subject, and I'll recognize God speaking through another person. 
it'll jump out at me. Sometimes they don't even know. I thought, wow, look at that. God just used them. I mean, he used a donkey. <laughs> Certainly used. I mean, I mean seriously, I've, I've had the Lord's, I can remember a time the Lord spoke to me through someone, and they were like as carnal as the day is long. I mean, ba- saved but barely. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, they just really didn't live a, a spiritual life, and I thought, how in the world did that happen? They still to this day don't know it. But they said something, and it jumped out at me, and I thought, wow, that was God. How do, how do you know that? By keeping my spiritual antennas up, by thinking about spiritual things through the day, even through doing natural things, even watching the news, thinking about spiritual things. Sometimes you recognize that the spirits inspiring people speaking are not the same spirit that you want to listen to. And uh, sometimes they're running for president. I didn't call any names, did I? All right, you've got to be sensitive to that yourself. And no, but not everyone's inspired by the Lord. Very grievous. I better get on. Lest I forfeit our tax-exempt status. (laughs) Which that's a bunch of baloney, by the way, too. Anyway, I don't want to get off on that. That's just silliness. Trying to keep churches out of the political arena of influencing people. How dumb can you get and still breathe? People need to remember that righteousness exalts a nation. You all be praying about that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I know I am. <laughs> the Lord needs you to be involved in that. He needs us to be paying attention. It, it, it troubles me sometimes when I ask uh, questions of, of believers and some in our church and uh, about who they're voting for or you know just maybe I wouldn't ask them that directly or just you know have you been paying attention to who's winning different primaries and caucuses and they don't even know they're happening yikes man I realize that half the country or more doesn't pay attention but it ought to be us okay because we can actually do some good through prayer and through voting and letting you know being involved to some degree Okay, not really what I intended to get on here this morning, but pay attention, man. Pay attention to what's happening. We live in this country. We've got to have some influence because there's a lot of ungodly folks yielding to demonic spirits and forces that are driving this thing into the pit. And it's time for us to step up. Be bold. Amen. Where are we at? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And so the more I can mind spiritual things, the more life is going to come to me. The more I'll be sensitive to spiritual realities and the voice of God. Amen. I really, I understand this as well. Those who are leading families, listen, you need to be the most spiritual one in the family. Are you listening? God does set order in homes and in businesses and churches. and There's there's structure to the way things are supposed to happen. In the home, the head of the home needs to be spiritual. 
minding spiritual things, not just following spiritual things, keeping them in your mind. You be the one that can hear from God. It doesn't take anything away from anyone else, but that's a God responsibility. Okay, you can't be just thinking 24-7 about work and about sports and about hobbies and about cars and about whatever and think that you're going to be a leader in your home. Think that you're going to be some type of spiritual leader. Man, not going to be. You've got to take time to be spiritually minded. And I tell you, it'll make such a big difference in your life. And when you recognize that God is speaking to you, that's going to change everything. The way he used to do it, same way he does it today. We need a word from heaven. Yay. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. The scripture, again, back in Hebrews 11 that we've been studying, you remember the Amplified Bible said that God would frame or fashion, put in order, and it said, and equip for their intended purpose. That's how he changed the ages. Uh, with a word from God, and I want to look a little bit about at that phrase, equipped for their intended purpose, all right? Understand from the, from the get-go that there is an intended purpose for your life. God thought about you, all right? You're not a surprise to Him that you're here. Oh, how'd they get in? <laughs> no, He thought about you way before you thought about yourself, Way before your parents thought about you. And when you talk about someone having an intended purpose, designed for a reason ahead of time, that's when you get into the subject of predestination. How many have ever heard that, that word before? Predestination. All right. It can be confusing to some. I, I know this, that um, I, as, as a child, I was in a church, and kind of the, the doctrine, the belief there, I believe went really too far with the whole predestination thing. And many people uh, have even gone this far. They believe that God ahead of time will predestine some people to go to heaven and he will predestine other people to go to hell. That he, in his sovereignty, basically runs everything controls every aspect of everything that's going on and he decided ahead of time saved lost saved lost just in his all-knowing ability and and you know before i even knew the scriptures and could really articulate it theologically i had a problem with that do you i have a problem knowing just even knowing that god is love that he would create someone for the for the the purpose of them being toast for eternity. There's something that's not right about that, and I know him. I know him personally. We talk, we hang. You know what I'm talking about? And he is not like that. But where does this predestination thing come in? Let me give you a few of the scriptures that that. Uh, that talk about this. Ephesians 1.5 says, Having predestinated us to, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of, he, of his will. So notice, he predestined us. Who? Us. Who did he predestine? Us. Usans. Use guys. Y'all. Look at the 11th verse. 
It says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, and then go to Romans 8. You were just there, right? If you were paying attention, you knew I was going back. (laughs) You just picked it up, right? Something tells me I shouldn't leave Romans 8. All right, I'm messing with you. Romans 8, verse 29, says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. But whom, notice the phrase, whom he foreknew, he predestined. And then one more, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. 1 Peter 1, verse 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit and obedience to sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And again, notice, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, and He predestined whom He foreknew. This is really simple in in how God does these things and how predestination works. He is all-knowing and can look into the future. He can know things ahead of time. And so he looked before you even showed up on the scene. And he saw that you would be here. He saw that you would show up alive on planet earth. And that the gospel would be shared with you. And you would respond in a positive way and say, yes. (laughs) And you would receive him. And based on his foreknowledge of the fact that you would receive the Lord. He planned something very special for for your life. He predestined you. And He planned a a glorious plan. It's a future of hope and prosperity. And God wanted to use you. And so He equipped you and enabled you to walk in His perfect and best because He knew you'd say yes. Now, we're saved walking in this. How many know the Lord still doesn't force us down a certain path? Though he has something designed for us, he'll call people, he'll give a word for a person to do something. He does not guarantee that you're paying attention. And once the word comes, there's no guarantee that you're going to listen. This is a choice that we must make. But don't don't get the Lord wrong to any degree. He's got a plan. There is a predestined, ordained will for you to walk in. And it's important that we pay attention and listen to what? Spoken words. Okay. You've been in church before where where God was moving. God was speaking like today. Hey. And, uh, you know, and something distracted you. Maybe, you know, something fell on the floor and you're fumbling around or a baby squawked in the, in the back and you turned around and you found yourself, yourself missing something. You ever had it where someone else, maybe a family member, someone you brought to church, and God was speaking, and you were thinking, mm, yes, this is, I'm so glad he, that this is being said right now. This is what they needed to hear. This is what, and, and then you kind of wanted to look over to see if they were really getting it, and seeing if they're really paying attention. And, you, and right at that time, they were fumbling around with something, or maybe they were looking around and doing something, and you're like, ah, no, they're missing what God is saying. That's a real danger, i got to tell you. 
Because there are distractions, and the enemy is a master of distracting people, getting people's attention and focus. Sometimes you're looking straight ahead and going, but you're at Walmart. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You've, you, you've got something else going on, and no one can change that, but you must discipline yourself to pay attention to recognize what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is doing so that when His Spirit begins to do something in your life, you're able to pick up on that. Because it is all key to the plan that he has for you, to the pre-designed purpose that he has. He's endeavoring to steer you and keep you right in the middle of his will. And sometimes it's just a little word that swings us back on course to where he wants us to be. And so, does God predestine some people to go to hell? Absolutely not. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loves everybody, and has, but he knew. Does he know in his foreknowledge that some people will reject him? Sir? Sure. Did he know that you'd be here today? Sure. Absolutely knew it. And he's got something special planned out for you, according to his foreknowledge. Look, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you just a couple more things here, and we'll finish. Ephesians chapter 4. If, if God intends for me to do something, He's going to make available to me, now, the necessary equipment to get that done. Remember, what, what does the word do? A word from God equips a person for their intended purpose. And this is not just a written word of God. This is the spoken word. Remember, this is that Greek word rhema. A spoken word from God equips a person for their intended purpose. Now, if God intends for me to be a pastor, what does he do? Well, he makes equipment available to me to be successful at being a pastor. Now, whether I pick that equipment up, that's up to me. Whether I learn how to use it, that's up to me. You know, just like someone could work with, with saws and machinery, and if they don't really learn, they could cut fingers off and, 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 and cause a lot of harm. But you must exercise yourself in relationship to that uh, equipment made available by the Lord. How does He make it available? He speaks. Okay? He speaks things into existence. Timothy was told to wage a good warfare by the prophecies that went forth for him. In other words, what God has said to you, you take those and you win, man. You overcome. You do what you're called to do with what the Lord has said. Now, the Lord doesn't equip us to do something that someone else is supposed to be doing. He doesn't make available to me equipment to fulfill your plan or even my plan as opposed to the Lord's plan for me. And not oftentimes that's where people get in a whole mess is they look at someone else and they desire to do what they do or, or be what they are and they, en they endeavor to copy or to try to fit into that mold and they don't have the goods to do it. They don't have the equipment. And so they fall flat on their face and they f they're, they're frustrated. There's no fulfillment. Nobody's helped. And it just really makes things look bad. Okay? It's like, well, let's not go there. Sorry. 
Uh, God equips us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do this? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why did God give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? To equip the saints to do the ministry. How does God alter or reshape something? He gives them, it's done, by faith we understand that it's done by a word from God. Not based on things that we see. It's done by a word. How does that word come? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God gave the five-fold ministry to equip. What equips? A spoken word. The rhema word from God is what equips. And so the time when a person separates themselves from the five-fold ministry gifts is the time that they stop hearing words from heaven. And oftentimes, uh, when people separate themselves from God's ordained plan of equipping... I've seen, that's when people start thinking they're getting all kinds of stuff. Oh, the Lord's really been speaking to me. No, He hasn't. Unless you've just been hearing this. Go to church. Go to church. Are you listening? Well, God's just been really, ever since I just stepped away, God's really been showing me. No, that's not how He does it. Yes, He does want you to have a word. But it's not when you separate from apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. God gave them for the express purpose of equipping you to fulfill your intended purpose to do the work of the ministry and carry out what he wants to be done in the earth. Amen. What equips you? The spoken word of God. Spoken word. That's that word. Rhema. Spoken. Revealed word. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. One part of being equipped is being prepared for opposition. Anytime a person is going to latch hold of something from God that he has spoken to them, what's going to happen? Man, there's going to be some opposition to you. Many times it's covered in flesh. Many times someone, it's, it's coming through somebody else. But here's what we need to understand. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to prepare for a great future that I believe that God has for me, I must not be deceived into thinking I'm just going to slide on through life and because I'm doing the Lord's will now, man, people are just going to surround me and hold me up every step of the way and every, I'm never going to have another hiccup in life. Right? No, that's just not true. Now, it is true that God gives you victory. And He's promised, given you uh, precious promises by which you may overcome every circumstance and situation. And there's nothing you get into that He hasn't already made a way of escape for you. Those things are all true. But I can't go into my future thinking, if I'm really doing the will of God, if I'm really on track and serving Him, then I'm never going to have any kind of opposition to my life. That's really not true. Okay, and uh, in 1 Peter 
He said here, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Apparently, some were thinking that. All of a sudden, they're serving God and it's like, where did this come from? And they're totally caught off guard. They're surprised. How could this have happened to me? It's because you're doing something important. Huh? It's because, you know, like someone said one, one time, if, if you never run into the devil, it's because you're going the same direction. <laughs> and whenever we're doing something that's, that's right and it's special and it's going to make a difference in eternity, yeah, there's going to be some, something comes along and try to buck you off. Get you off off the path, off where, where you're supposed to be. But knowing that ahead of time kind of helps. You know, I don't mean we're expecting it or believing for bad things. Nothing like that. But I know, man, I'm serving God. I'm going to do His will. I'm going to make a difference in life. I'm going to help other people. I've also got a bullseye pointed on me because of that. But here's the good news about that. It's on top of my armor. Yeah, someone wants to interrupt my, my life, and it may come through a person, may come through a direct demonic attack, but I've got the armor of God, I've got His Word, I've got the name of Jesus, the sword of the Spirit, and I can overcome anything that comes my way. That's the attitude by which we approach this, uh, but it's not, a, it's not turning a blind eye towards reality, all right? You, you remember Jesus taught, uh, taught us about the wise man and the foolish man. The foolish man built his house on the sand and the wise man built his house on the rock and and, you know i look at that and i wonder if you were building a house why would you go through the extra time and energy and expense to blast through rock and to drill down through and to get your foundation deep in some solid stuff why would you take the time because you know the guy down the road who's building on the sand he's going to be living in it way sooner and it's going to cost him a lot more money and he's got all, he's got, he spent his extra money and got a honking big flat panel TV. And here you are blasting through rock. Well, why would you spend that extra energy and, and money and everything on getting your house in the rock? It's simply because you know that the storm has power. You know that the storm can knock you flat if you don't do what's necessary to strengthen your foundation. It's not that the it's not that the person ignores a strong person does not ignore the fact that there's opposition. They prepare for it. They say I know that if I'm going to do anything that's worthwhile, I'm a, you know, there's going to be challenges to me and what am I going to do when they come? Can I prophesy to you? When they come. <laughs> when? When? But you know what? Big whoop-de-doo if we know what's coming. Big whoop-de-doo. So there's going to be a few challenges. You know, how can you have a t- you know, testimony if there's no test? And so there's challenges coming. So what do we do? We let God's Word equip us for our intended purpose. Lord, I'm about to move forward. 
and I'm listening to your voice. For everything you say to me, I lock down on that. And I'll believe that. I will not waver. I will not fall back unto perdition. But I'll believe unto the saving of my soul. And I'm going to hold on to this word no matter what comes. No matter who, who opposes me. No matter what tough times come. You said it in your word. And so I believe it's true. And I'll never back down. That's the attitude we have. And those are the kind of people that are going to rise up and do something special. And... What's your future look like? Man, I tell you what, my future is looking better and better. It's looking so good. Why? Because I'm determined to do things by the word of the Lord. Determined to do things. Not trying to copy someone else. Not trying to do what someone else necessarily expects. But whatever the Lord says, that will work. That will be fruitful. That will be successful. Hmm. Many times people are trying to run around getting, trying to get the Lord to bless what they're doing. A better way to look at it is, am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? Because there's, there's an automatic blessing on that. Automatic blessing. And so, the Lord has a future for you. The Lord has a future for me. And one of the best things I can do is listen. Because if He says, I planned it for you, it's bright, it's prosperous. It's, a, it's, it's hopeful. It's a great future. Okay, I know where that, I see that, but what am I supposed to do? Listen. Put yourself in a position regularly where you're spiritually minded. Put yourself in a position where equipment is made available to you to fulfill your intended purpose. And you think really God's going to plan out this whole great, glorious, predestined future for you and then not tell you how to get there? Build you a city and not give you a map? You know what I'm talking about? Do something great. I mean, it's in His heart for you. He, he made you to fit that plan and then not give you the necessary goods to get there. We don't serve a God like that. But he knew you'd be here. He knew you'd say yes to him. And so he predestined some great things for us. Some of us are walking in some of it now. But it keeps going. If your heart's still beating, there's still more. And more you haven't known yet. More you haven't seen. But we understand this, not based on what we see, but how we base it on, what, on, on the word. The word of the Lord. Amen. Father, thank you today for each and every person for the plan you have for their lives, for the future that you have in store for them. Lord, I believe that as you speak, as Rhema comes to us, that, that, that it contains the necessary equipment, the strength, the anointing, the, the, the power to get us through, to get us to where we need to be. And so, Father God, today, we do thank you. We do thank you. We honor you. We bless you. We believe you're doing great and mighty things in our lives now. Speak into hearts. Lord, those who are seeking you now, they may have not been spiritually minded for a while, but they're purposing even now in the hearts as we pray to give their mind to spiritual things more often so they can live that way. And live in life and peace instead of death and destruction. Lord, I thank you that you even, even reveal truth to them now. Give them a greater understanding. A greater revelation of truth that makes them free.
For this I thank you. I give you praise. You're a good, good, good God. So great you are. Father, I pray for those today that have never been saved.